Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. Hey team, Oliver here. This week, I bring on James Gross, one of the co-founders of Micromobility Industries, to talk about our new product, Ride Review, a catalog of hundreds, if not thousands of vehicles that are in the micromobility space. As we have built out micromobility industries, I think it's been oftentimes uh, Horace and I at the frontier. So it was very exciting to bring James on uh, to talk a bit more about what we do on the back end and also as well his motivation and philosophy behind what we're building here at Micromobility Industries. I really enjoyed this conversation. I really like James. So I hope that you do too. All right. Here he is. Let's go. And welcome back. Uh, today we have with us James Gross. Uh, James has been instrumental in this uh, in this whole podcast, conference, everything. So I'm very excited to have him on the show. How are you going today, James? I'm great, Oliver. It's great to have you here, man. It's uh, I've heard your voice. I've heard your voice on about 150 episodes. So <laughs> it's funny to hear your voice now. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, stoked. I'm stoked. And today we've got, we brought you on because most of the time you've been in the background, but today you have some exciting news to share. So, for folks who have been following, James launched the ride review at the uh, micromobility conference that we just had in uh, the Bay Area. And I thought, look, let's bring James on to chat about it and understand a bit more about what we're trying to do. Um, but I, I'm also keen as well to sort of have you articulate what you're trying to do here with micromobility industries and what we've been trying to build. Yeah. So, take us through. What is Ride Review? Why is it important? Yeah, sure. So, you know, Ride Review is, is something that we announced, like you, like you mentioned, at Micromobility America. It's something we've been thinking about for, for quite a long time. Ultimately, you know, if, if you think about micro-reality industries, maybe just to take a step, quick step back, what we've been able to build the last three years is, uh, you know, really been about the, the the larger community, right? First, we wanted to define the category. Of course, that comes from so much of the work that Horace did and has done over, over a long period of time. Then it was about really bringing together the industry, right? Align the industry to uh, understand each other uh, and really work with each other. That started with with really the conference model and your podcast and our blog and then the landscape and over time as we've we've defined it you know to now like as I mentioned at the conference we have over eleven hundred companies now that are in the microbiology landscape you know your podcast has done well over a million um, downloads and, and listens we've we've really built a, a you know this amazing B two B conference and really helped build an industry and when you you dig a layer deeper um, you know. Uh, and talk to the entrepreneurs, the the people that are really building the space that we help curate. What we heard is, uh, you know, hey, we love micromobility industries. We love your events. We love the podcast, but we'd love you to help us do more. And, and of course, our job is to try to do more for, for all these amazing companies that are building the space. In an area that we thought we had unique permission to actually help with was in, it was in getting what they, what I hear a lot of entrepreneurs uh, say, which is get butts in seats, right? Yeah. Um, Micromobility uh, is impacting a lot of people around the world and many more than it was three years ago, of course. Um, but it's still a, a very small percentage of the overall uh, world. And at what came out of that, our conference, of course, in America, 
a, a potential very big total addressable market that we have, which which Horace's presentation laid out at Microability America. Yeah, which I'm going to have him on. I was trying to interview him when we were there, and it just we we ran out of time. But I, that is my that is our next episode is uh, talking about the total addressable market uh, calcs that he's been doing. Yeah, great. Yeah. For, for all the listeners, I, I hope you listen to that one. I think that one's great. And of course, the YouTube videos will be up of, of his presentation and slides as well. But we know there's a, a very big market to ultimately win for all these great companies that are out there. But we need to accelerate as much as we can, even though we believe it's it's pretty inevitable that micromobility will win, meaning micromobility will there'll be way more micro vehicles and micro riders than there are car owners and, and car drivers. We want to accelerate that as, as quickly as we can. Um, and so in, in thinking about ride review, the idea was, okay, what, what we do uniquely well, I think, is curate and define, uh, first, curate an experience, that's our, that's our events, and define a category. Try to get everyone to understand what the category means and why it's important. And if we were to apply that, um, well, we currently apply that in the B2B world. If we were to apply that in the B2C world, what would that look like? How could we help all these great companies get more butts and seats and grow the category? And by butts and seats, you don't mean conference tickets. You mean butts and seats as in butts on bikes. Yeah, that's yeah. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we know, um, and I think it's pretty you know for our audience that once you start riding, you don't stop, right? But it's important. You've got to you've got to you've got to cross the chasm, right? You need to actually get uh, a butt in that seat, whether that's a again a, a one wheeled scooter, uh, you know, a, a bike, whatever whatever that uh, mode might be. And so, with ride review, the idea really is to take the B two B model that we built so well and try to apply it to the B two C world. Um, and what that looks like, we believe, um, first and foremost, is the permission that we think we have to actually define the category of what types of vehicles would actually be in ride review. Um, so one of the big issues I have with the, uh, the space and the, the, the shows that, of course, people that are interested in even small vehicles or large vehicles, I, I think ultimately the, the, the expo shows that are currently out there cater towards large vehicles. Um, so if you go to any show that's really uh, talking about things like electrification, which is a key component we know of micromobility in our defining micromobility, what you generally see are Teslas, Rivians, Chevys, Fords, Toyotas, VWs. Yeah. Um, I mean, like even the week before we had our show in, in the Bay, it was like they had fully charged down in S- S- San Diego. Is that where it was? I can't remember. So, like SoCal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's fully charged in San Diego. And it, and it is. It's really like fully charged is probably one of the better like electric electrification shows that I've that I've that I've come across and the whole thing is it's all big cars like they have they go maybe down to like a pod like an, I know that Nimbus went to fully charged but like other than that they're not going to go smaller like you don't need them with e-bikes and micro and all yeah. that sort of stuff exactly um, and even you know again for for someone that puts on events and tries to build a media company like we're building you know last week on uh, President Biden was on 60 Minutes and, and where they were was at the Detroit Auto Show yep. and what President Biden was standing in front of was um, and taking the for the for the press off and everything was um, electric trucks yep. right um, which were the kind of stars of the Detroit Auto Show which has been around forever come on James it's America you know <laughs> you have to go and stand in front of that stuff and they sure do and that, that that's a that's a nice <laughs> nice person I, I dream of a day when uh, he when President Biden will go and stand in front of the actual best-selling electric vehicle in, in the US, which is probably in front of the Rad Power Bike, like the Rad Runner or something like that. You know, Wouldn't that'd be nice. You know, yeah. What a missed what a missed opportunity last week. Uh, you know, two weeks ago with, with Mike Radenbaum, the, the the you know modern day Henry Ford. Imagine if uh, Biden could have actually talked to him as opposed to you know whoever's running the you know who's ever the CEO of GM is now, which is just not not as important as of course what what we believe we're building. 
So anyway, uh, you know, as it relates to what, you know, what would that look like? What would ride review look like where the, the small vehicles aren't pushed into the corner, but are actually the front and center, the stars of the show and the people that come to these expo like events could really uh, come with the intent to know that they're going to ride the best small vehicles in the world. So that was one side of it. Let's take what we do well in the event space and let's apply it to a consumer audience and really highlight the revolution. And as you, to use your word, Oliver, the Cambrian explosion happening in small vehicles and celebrate that. The other side of that is how can we really build a digital footprint? Um, and so, you know, with my experience and building media companies and software companies and, and what we were able to actually, you know, pull off from the landscape, which has become this amazing repository for people to like really understand the space and how we've categorized it in the database. Yeah. For folks who are like new, because there are some folks who probably have like might be new to this. So just take us through the landscape again. Cause like, how did that start? Where did we get to? I, I, I don't, I genuinely, like we don't mention it that much on the show. So I think it's probably worth going over. Yeah, sure. My community landscape uh, started, uh, you know, probably six six months after we started the company. And, um, you know, credit to uh, Chase Doublefield, who was our first uh, person that sort of t- t- took the reins on that. Um, and the idea was really an idea that, you know, comes comes from sort of the old guard world of, of analysts and the forester and gardeners of the world. And the experience I had in, in working in software where it's like, hey, you know, one of the really important parts of being a being a, a thought leader in the space and to, to is to categorize the space and, and that's to actually highlight all the companies and then try to break them down into the categories of where they belong and allow you to like mm-hmm. see all those all those different categories as they proliferate. Um, so so Chase started that you know I think when it started it was like literally thirty companies when we announced it. Um, it grew and grew and in Berlin. Yeah. yeah, well, Berlin. The, the Berlin was a seminal moment because again, this is 2019, Q3 of 2019, and at in Berlin, we actually defined the own category. So that's actually where Chase was working with Alessandro Zanotti, and we came out with, with I think was kind of a controversial take at, at that time, which was in the the landscape. And the landscape is literally a visual image that you can download. Um, at the time, that's all it was. Actually, there was no website uh, portion of it, um, but we put owned on the far left of the landscape. Which, uh, you know, if you know anything about category mapping um, and how the analysts do it, the far left is sort of the most important category. And so we put owned into the, the far left, um, which we were, uh, I, you know, at the time we're trying to signal that we thought owned was the most important category in my community. And that was a, you know, semi-controversial take uh, because at the time, really, the everyone was talking about shared and the, the rise of shared. And of course, shared being uh, so important. Um, and so it grew from there, uh, and it's continued to grow to the point where, again, at Microbility America this year, we announced over 1,100 companies. Now, though, it's on our website. So if you go to microbility.io slash landscape, um, you can see all the companies. You can, of course, download the map, but we also uh, categorize. You have primary categories, and then you have subcategories. Uh, and you really start to break apart these companies, right? So you can get a sense of, um, you know, hey, you're looking for a regional, you know, moped company or, you know, our dirt bike, electric dirt bike company, you can actually break those down, see all the, see all the uh, players in that space, uh, just as an example. And again, this is continuing to grow. Like we add companies every day and that's, that's from our findings, these companies, but also these companies submitting, which any company out there listening, of course, can do if they're not currently on the landscape. Yeah, totally. I would highly encourage that if you, if you haven't, uh, if you're not, if you go and check yourself out and you're not on the micromobility landscape, are you, are, you know, are, are you really in micro? <laughs> uh, that, that's, that, that's how we, that's how we want to get it to. But um, the, I, I must say, I did find it very interesting because I remember when you were doing this in the beginning and I was like, oh, it seems like this is a valuable activity, but actually you were taking that as a, as a hint from something that you'd done in the past, right? Like you'd be, who, who was it? Who did you learn that from? Well, so, you know, again, I, I grew up in software, right? So, you know, in my, my previous company that I built is called Percolate. And in Percolate, we defined and kind of built the, the content marketing space. 
And, but at the time, as an entrepreneur, as a software company, you never were able to define the space. The people that defined the space were the analysts. In our case, that was like Forrester and Gartner, and they called it content marketing. And then they would bucket us in with other, basically with our competitors. And then they would often, you know, enterprises would come to them. So companies that we would want to sell to would go through, let's say, Gartner and Forrester by proxy and say, hey, we think we need a solution in this space. Like, who should we work with? And then we would get basically RFPs often because we were in that landscape. We were in that part of, we were in that category. So it's incredibly important to us um, to be in those maps, to be in those categories. And we would brief, of course, the analysts all the time. We'd give them the latest information on us, just like you can do now on micromobility. You can, you know, you can, you can add any sort of detail you want to add. We, we of course, have some description on you. We had your, we had your region, we had your categories, and we had a description of you, your founding date, anything like that. And we'll, get, we'll make that richer over time. Of course, at Microbility Industries, you know, a lot of enterprises don't come directly to us. They might use our, you know, we look at our traffic patterns. Clearly, people do use it for research, um, but we're not trying to act as that, um, you know, consultant-like expert model like uh, Gartner and Forrester has. But that's what I—that's what ultimately I, I, I created out of was was what I saw in that and how important it was to the entrepreneurs and how important it was to the enterprises to sort of have this um, broker in the middle helping to find the space. And that's what that's where our goal, you know, still kind of is with that landscape as we build it up. Yeah, awesome, nice. So landscape comes along. Obviously, we're doing the conference, but the one thing that I think that we, you, I mean, certainly I was hearing it as well from a lot of the folks that I'm interviewing is like, the, the, you know, there have been efforts to try and build um, some sort of like level of review sites in 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 the past. Like I know Ride Panda, for example, had been trying to build something similar that pivoted away from doing that uh, over time. You know, take me through that thought process to get to this part where we've got, okay, we're doing, we're doing, we're effectively going like we've, we've started categorizing the categories of the companies and this and the, who are in the space, but we're seeing that there's like a gap in the market for vehicles. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, again, we, we know we can do really good events for the industry. I think we can take a very similar experience, bring it to customers, bring it to people that we know would ultimately love to bring to, to come to almost a circus like fair where we don't put the small vehicles in the corner. We put them front and center. Okay. We think we can do that. Then it became, okay, well, we need to now map all these vehicles, much like we mapped the industry. The problem there, it became clear that if we're truly going to look at all vehicles, you know, less than 1100 pounds, 500 kg, we have a massive amount of vehicles to go after. And literally just the same issue. We're like, Every day, there's there's new launches because um, we're talking about Cambrian explosion, baby. This is what happens. Yeah, I mean, and again, you've you've said it for years, but and, and I can show you the database to prove it, right? Because we're not, you know, and, and a lot of people are blind to this a little bit because they think like, oh, you know, e-bikes, scooters. What else could there be? There are a litany of devices, uh, of vehicles along this this spectrum, um, and so that was the first thing we started to do was try to bring that all together. Um, it became clear, like you know, we'd be talking about reviewing. 10,000 or so vehicles just right out of the gate, right? If we're truly going to do this as, as a service. And so what became clear immediately was like, we can't do this alone. So what's the spirit of micromobility? And really, I think what we've done so well, we curate things, right? We curate the experience, we curate the best. Well, what's wonderful about the internet is so many people had done reviews out there. But again, it wasn't just one website. It wasn't, you know, there, there are hundreds of reviewers out there that do reviews for everything from electric golf carts or neighborhood electric vehicles, as you might know them, all the way down to, you know, electric roller skates, right? Mm. And so what we could do is actually start to look at all these amazing reviewers that are out there and start to curate them and start to actually just bring together all of them. So, and again, very much our, our tone and style and our brand, 
we don't necessarily want to be the decisive, you know, the definitive review on a vehicle. We just want to bring everyone together that thinks about this, that actually has written these, that has had an experience and get those out to the world as much as we can. Um, and so that was the concept of ride review digitally was build the database, much like the landscape, bring together all the reviews, which again, we're talking about thousands and thousands of reviews and then provide a website where anyone who might know nothing about micromobility, right? Which is the vast majority of people that will come to ride review can still understand I'm in front of the best small electric vehicles that are potentially for me. And I can look at them. I can look for skateboards. I can look for e-bikes. I can look for golf carts, neighborhood electric vehicles. I can look for mopeds. I can look for motorcycles, whatever that might be. And then over time, what we're hoping as we build a better relationship with the consumer, of course, is that we can also present to them, hey, we might be in your market. So if you're in a major market in the US or around the world, there's a chance we can bring the expo model to them. So now they're not going to the auto shows where maybe you know the, the small electric vehicles or what I call the babies are in the corner. They can go to a, a, an expo show where the intent of that expo show is to provide you with all the amazing vehicles that you're so interested in, these smaller electric vehicles that you, you're not used to, right? This is not something that you've ridden for many years and provides you with a safe guided experience where you can try all these vehicles out. And then the one final thing I'll say there, which I think is really important about the category, and I think you see it in our B2B events, and I'm really hoping we can translate the B2C events, is everyone is in this together. You know, One Wheel and Kyle and One Wheel is not competing against e-bikes, which is not competing against neighborhood electric vehicles, right? I believe as we start to bring consumers and show them amazing small electric vehicles, they're not just going to buy one. Um, and to, you know, to, to tip the hat to Horace, I think of it a lot like the, the, the Apple ecosystem, where once you buy an e-bike, what you realize is you might actually have a lot of trips that would better, better serve on a one wheel. Or like Oliver, I know you have a scooter. Or you know, there's trips now that you might want to displace with a neighborhood electric vehicle, which again might be you might be able to purchase at you know one tenth, one twentieth the cost of your of your electric car. And so I'm very excited about this cross pollination as we get people in, get people to purchase one vehicle, and then potentially expand them to more of a portfolio of vehicles that serve different trip sizes. Yeah, totally. To your point around uh, where do they go in the show, I'm reading uh, Tony Fidel's book, Build, at the moment, and I really love, because uh, he talks about the early days of the, the you know, he'd been at uh, General Mandrick and then he'd gone on from General Mandrick to build the, like, the first PEAs for Philips. And they were doing, you know, the, the biggest challenge they had is they're like, actually, the technology was all there. We were building stuff that, like, we're putting it all together. It was very modular technology. Like, we knew we'd, we knew we built, like, products that people wanted. And then when they got to the distribution hubs, which was they were trying to sell them in computer shops, they didn't know what they were. These were like the first PDAs. They're like, we don't know what these are. They're not printers. They're not really computers. So they put them in with the calculators. And apparently, like, people couldn't even find them when they were when they were going out to try. So they just didn't, you know, they sold some, but they just didn't sell as many as they thought they were going to sell. And then eventually, it's sort of like over time, I think this whole space is, uh, is going to evolve. And I think we were in that same process of selling, which is like, yeah, a dedicated show makes a lot of sense. And a dedicated website where you can go like, hey, all of these things are actually kind of related. And then and, and you, we can frame them up as being on the continuum of the same thing will be like the electronics slash gadget section of the Walmart uh, that you go into. And, you know, I know I know that's actually starting to happen with micro, by the way, right? Like you, you actually, you, was it you? You were telling me of this. Take, 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 me through, take us through that story. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, oh, there's two things there. One thing is like, you know, we're seeing it in our event, right? I mean, two weeks ago, we had the, 
you know, we had a, um, a Instagram from the, the Cake North American CEO basically saying we've never sold so many vehicles at an event. And again, Micromobility America is intended for the B2B audience. Like we, we didn't build that to sell vehicles, right? And yet it's happening, right? Because maybe this is actually like the, the, the best exposure they've had to an audience that's really ripe to buy these things. Um, so like there, there are these really good product mar- market fit signals where, again, we're not trying to do it. But it's happening. So imagine when you can actually uh, allow it to happen, market it that way, bring together an audience that that, that could serve with really high intent um, and actually purchase them. So that that's amazing. And then yeah, the other side of this is, I mean, what is so abundantly clear is as beautiful as the story of micro is, as beautiful as companies like you know the Van Moves and the and the, the Rads are, where you know this direct consumer model, people are are browsing beautiful websites and purchasing directly. You know, micro is an incredibly physical and tactile uh, uh, funnel, I believe. And and so, you know, what we're seeing in the U.S. now, which is exciting, are are companies like um, Best Buy with literally hundreds of retail outlets around the country realizing that um, some of their real estate should really be for um, these higher uh, ticket items like micro mobility, where they can come in and people can really feel them, touch them. Uh, actually to test ride them and, and take them right out the door right there, which again, is not something you see here in the U.S. in, in a lot of the commerce shops. And so, you know, as much as like, you know, our, our event is, is, is mirroring what it looks like Best Buy is, is going to going to do. It's just really exciting because there's, there is something about the, the physical nature of these products. And again, there, but it's also wonderful that they're incredibly low friction. So this is not your auto dealer experience where you're, you know, you're, you're pressured into a sale, you're pressured into sitting down in the office and signing 10, you know, your life away, basically. There's, there's very much a potentially very good consumer experience here of riding, of feeling that joy and being able to transact and, and walk right out with effectively a, you know, a box. Yeah, totally. I, I think there's a, like to your point around what Cake said and like one of the things that I've noticed at the end of each of our conferences that we had in Amsterdam and then we had in the US recently is that everybody just stands around at the end and rides each other's toys. <laughs> it's, it's, and they stick around for like two or three hours because everybody's just excited to like have, like they don't know each other, but they're just like, hey, you're into e-bikes so you're into like, it's, it's like feels like a club. And I think there's an element that I certainly want to try and replicate if we're going to be doing the expose of what that would look like, you know, like mm-hmm. how would that feel? Uh, to, if, again, come back to it. Uh, one of my like most exciting moments in the Micromobility America was standing outside. And so David from Wheel and Mark from Meyer from, from uh, Akimoto and Mika Toll, who does all the uh, interviews, uh, Carson from Tor Scooters. And there was like a couple of other guys, other, like, Everybody was just standing around talking and 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 like talking about what they're built and and like what they're trying to work through and stuff. And obviously that's a like specific B two B space. But then that goes a, a level further, which is just you've got a whole bunch of people who are like just can't you know just just there to try out all the different scooters and and that sort of thing. And I can see that the there's so much value in when you're early and you're in a space like this where the infrastructure isn't quite there necessarily. But you're just, you, you, you know, like I've got folks in New Zealand who are like this with me as well, which is they ride scooters and they just want to talk to me about scooters because they know that I'm into scooters and we'll get together and they'll show me what they've got. And because it's, it's so early, it's so new, it's so, you know, we're really still at the early adopter space. So in that regard, I can see the value in the, in, in building out. Like it's not only about the products, right? It's about the people who sit around the products and the, you know, not only the builders, but also like the, the first users as well. 
Yeah, I, well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me digress. Let me tell a quick story here because I think this like speaks to one of the big challenges I've had with our events, which is, you know, you and Horace are, are so often, people think of you as thesis driven because um, that's, that's so much of like what the, the podcast is and how you guys have been able to help define the space. But it's so fun to watch you both at the event, actually, you know, with wheels under your, uh, under your feet and, and, you know, having your butt in the seat and seeing the pure joy that you guys have and how much appreciation you have for the craftsmanship and how much you just really enjoy riding. And, I think that's one big miss from we've always had, right? Is because of the way the conference is structured and because we've been more B2B, it's much more about the relationship of getting people together and talking and theorizing and doing business. But it's, it hasn't been as much about the joy of the vehicles, which I think we can so clearly bring. And, you know, I, I, to tell a quick story, you know, in the early days of, of Percolate, I was, I had to give a presentation to Dell as a, a kind of a bigger executive presentation. And, um, the rumor was Michael Dell was actually going to be in the meeting. And um, I had flown down to uh, Round Rock, Texas to be in the meeting with a couple of the salespeople on my side. And, um, you know, I got, got to the meeting and they said, oh, you can't present on a Mac. You can't present on a, any Apple products. You have to have present actually on a, on a Dell. And I didn't have a Dell. I was like, oh, okay, what do I do? And again, they said, uh, you, you know, you got to go buy one. I said, sure, no problem. I'll buy. Can I buy one here? I'm at Dell. Like you must, you must be able to sell me a laptop, right? And they're like, no, we don't work like that. Like there's no, there's no like Dell laptops for sale at Dell. Like you have to go to Best Buy. And so I always thought that to be so strange to me that like here, here's a, co- I mean, the, even the act of like asking to purchase a, a computer at the, their headquarters was like literally so foreign to them and so foreign to the supply chain and how it all worked that of course it was like, no, I mean, there's like a much more convoluted process to how you actually purchase this thing. And I had this, you know, in, in, in I, I see that in our conference a little bit to where it's like, we love all these vehicles. Like this is so much better to ride vehicles oftentimes than, than just look at presentations, right? But we've never been able to bring that experience where it's like, oh yeah, now you want to like get on all these vehicles and truly experience the joy. Like let's have at it, let's do it, right? And so I I pull a little bit of that experience from that Dell experience, which is like, oh man, this is so silly. I've got to like go drive 45 minutes to purchase a laptop that like I'm literally in their HQ and but there's nothing to like actually buy there or actually really use. Because they're like just a shell of a corporate company with nothing actually there for me to have to, to, to touch. And so, you know, screw that. That's a terrible experience. Like, let's bring this experience in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I think we, we, we have the opportunity to really do now. And, and, and of course, like part of the reason we didn't have this is because the industry has just matured so much. I mean, you know, three years ago, what you saw when you came to our events was mostly Xiaomi scooters, right? That were... Yeah. And I mean, it was... You know, uh, different stickers on them. And... It, it was like the most popular session was the the one where we got all the scooter guys up on stage. I mean, I mean, I remember Berlin. It was like we had seven scooter companies up on stage. And I think it was Ellie Griswold who was uh, from Oversharing and Quartz at the time. And she was just like, okay, cool. So there's seven of you guys. Who's going to be uh, who's gonna be dead in a year? <laughs> you know? Well, it was just like seven scooter companies with the same vehicle with a different sticker on it, right? Like, oh, no. <laughs> totally. And what's your differentiation? And, and like, they were like, well, we're orange. <laughs> yes, I right. mean, one of the companies had said, like, we're orange. And it was, it, it was, it was, it, but, it, but it was also like, we were super nascent. And I think that that's, I mean, if we were to, if we were to like take a step back, I, I want to just finish off and ride review and then I want to go back into the, like a wider thing on the interview. So uh, on the industry. So, so, okay, cool. So, so for folks who are like checking this out, uh, okay. So we've got ride review. It's, it's a, it's now ridereview.com and it's, and it's run by micro mobility industries. Uh, how you've launched with a hundred 
uh, vehicles you're adding. 200, uh, yeah, sure. How many a month? Up now, 200 a month. We're going to try to accelerate that a little bit even. Um, really, the goal is by the end of the year to have over 1,000, um, which I think will easily be. Um, we have a kind of key target to get to 10,000 vehicles. Um, what's been amazing is there's been really good reception. So if you're a vehicle maker at all, um, if you can email us, um, if you can provide us with the vehicles that you're most interested in us reviewing so we can prioritize, that's very helpful. We're doing our best to, to just, you know, get as many out as we can. Um, it is a process like each review, you know, each vehicle is reviewed. We add all the other reviews that are out there. We already have over 175 reviewers in our index. Now you can search by reviewer. If you like certain reviewers, as an example, you can search by vehicle types, you can search by vehicle brands. Um, so we'll continue to kind of build all that out. But over time, you're going to see tens of thousands of reviews. And what, what we'll do is we'll start to build guides. So we'll start to build guides around, you know, we, we've already got a lot of um, questions around like, can I just look? And, and you could do search right now. We have what I think is actually a pretty powerful search functionality and filtering, but really providing you guides on top of that. So like, show me the best cargo bikes from, best reviewed cargo bikes from uh, 2022. Show me the best, uh, you know, any sort of, any sort of guide-like model will also build that out. And that's where we'll, we'll provide a little bit more editorial um, than we do today in those guides. Uh, but those are something that we, we bring, yeah. uh, of course, down the road. And then the expo model, um, you know, this is kind of being announced here first, but, you know, we're going to add those expo models to our industry events in America and Europe, along with, we'll, we'll also announce key cities here in the coming months that we're, we'll just be doing expos where we won't have an ind- industry event attached to it. Yeah. The expo, I think, is just going to be so, so interesting because, you know, again, part of the feedback, that I've had from from folks who who were at the event was just like I just wanted to ride the latest cowboy and the latest Van Moof and you know I'm coming because of all the other stuff but I but I really am like I'm 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 as much here for that stuff as I am for for it because you know for whatever reason it's it's uh I'm just interested in buying something or I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm building in the space and I wanted like to see what the competition looks like or whatever so so being able to have all of that and everything in one place I think is super super valuable and the other part as well that I think is uh, really cool is that you know those 175 reviewers that we've got like it's so I was blown away by the quality of of some of the reviews. Like you know, the I know what Chase, like Chase has obviously gone uh, on from what he was doing with us to, to building electric scooter guide, and those guys have just totally nailed the the scooter space. Like it's been super exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, these are the car and drivers. These are the ed- like there are reviewers out there, and again, the power of YouTube and TikTok, and you know, the size of some of these uh, folks is uh, following is unbelievable, right? It really breaks out of any sort of industry like following. This is truly consumers that have a passion, you know, for electric motorcycles, for mopeds, you know, for just all these other types of vehicles. And, and the, that actually, to look at YouTube is where you see the true consumer demand. Yeah. Where there's a bit of a prosumer there. Where you're not just, you're not just buying an e-bike, you're literally following an influencer because you just like love to consume all the different vehicles they're, they're uh, reviewing. Yeah. Do you know who Doug DeMuro is? Does, does the name ring a, ring a bell for you? No. Uh, so Doug, no. Doug's, um, he's, <laughs> Doug is like just a total nerd about cars. And he, I love, one of my things that I like to do when I'm just like decompressing late at night after I've been working is to watch a Doug DeMuro video. Because he, all he does is review like super high-end cars. I have no interest in buying like the latest one of these things that he's reviewing, but he's just got very, he's just a really quirky character and he just like really <laughs> loves to get in like, oh, I'm going to show you all the quirks and features of this particular car. And then he gives him a Doug score at the end and it's like, he gets like three to four million views per hit. I mean, it's like nuts. 
Because you look at it and it's like, what was the top, you know, when, when Top Gear was at its peak of how many views it was getting, you know, it might have been... 10 i don't even know i'm not i'm not gonna try and quote it but it's like it can't be more than an order of magnitude and this is like literally one guy like going around and, and just being like an interesting personality so yes. you know so when i think about like the especially around the buying process like we're just it's about finding those people and then like helping celebrate them but putting them in the wider context of like hey so this micro thing is not only you know it's about the bikes sure but it's also about the scooters it's about the one wheels. it's about the things that go bigger than this and the whole point of it is the wider context of the vehicles and the the, the kind of the ecosystem that is that is emerging yes. around that space. So yes, awesome. I mean, I just can't. I can't even wait. I can't wait for the people that can't make the expos, but just watch the YouTube reviews, yeah. right? Like you, you. I mean, again, we are, we even without the expo show in our B two B model, you saw the micas, the brands, the the electroheads, literally running around doing so much research, trying all these vehicles, and so. You know, I, I, these recaps they do are just so great. So even if you can't make our expo show, you're going to get a lot out of the fact that I think these reviewers are literally going to be reviewing hundreds of vehicles at a time at our expo shows, which are, you know, it's immensely valuable to us and and to just consumers at large. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, cool. I wanted to just change the change the tack a little bit just because I think this is exactly like on point right around the how the industry is evolving and you, i mean i think you, uh, cr- full credit to you in 2019 i remember when you said it like we, we really need to pivot to owned and uh you know how that industry like how the industry has evolved i think it, it it's funny because i've now interviewed like so many scooter company operators and it's always the same question you know it's pretty similar questions from everybody and the one person who i loved in the in this uh process was i interviewed the founder of boot or not the founder it was uh, uh jeff Ruskowski, uh Russa Russa Cow from Boosted before Boosted went under, and I just said like, "Hey, so how are you thinking about this?" And you guys obviously focused on owned, and it's like a big thing. And I remember it was a big thing at the time when I interviewed him, and he was just like, "Look, man, if venture capital want to go out and like throw smartphones on the ground so that people like go out and test out a smartphone, like Apple is just saying thank you. Like this is this is the you know, and it, it was what they're doing. They're like, this is all just like lead generation for us for the vehicles that we're going to sell." And I certainly think like the risk, you know, the way that the risk has changed around uh, capital and stuff, like I don't think we're going to see necessarily that crazy amount of flood of capital into the space quite like that again. But I do think there are really amazing sustainable businesses that are being built, uh, clearly in the own category. But I'm also really super excited about subscription and like where subscription is going to go and like how that's working. Talk me through like what you're saying, because I mean, you're you're now like talking to more companies in some ways than I do. Like I talk to a lot. Um, but you're you're talking to them in a very specific sense with like, hey, how do I sell more vehicles for you? Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't think I'm talking to more than you, but I, I you know I am talking to people and I'm I you know like I think what's great about you know our business is I do think we just have a deep, deep like level of care for the companies and we really do want to see them succeed. To your point, I think shared at this point is what, you know, for lack of a better term, is oversold. I, I think the I think people have gotten really negative on it. I think that's clear in the public markets. I think that's clear clear in the um, you know, the expert opinion. I think you see it in the the the, the VCs are kind of leaving it out to dry, which is fine. But you know, I think there's there's um they they've clearly moved on, which is unfortunate. But I think VCs have moved on. I don't think the businesses themselves the I think there are really good businesses being built in there. Like, and certainly in certain markets like South Korea, oh man, I can't wait. I've got three episodes of South Korea coming up. I am like pumped to explore those markets. 
Yeah, I think that's well. That story has to be told, and I, I, you know, I, 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 so I'd say yes. I think if anything, I'm I'm bullish now. I shared. Uh, I think it's I think it's gone too far. I think every city needs it, right? I'm not sure exactly how many cities have over, you know, roughly a hundred thousand people in them globally, but I think everyone needs a shared solution. I think the government has to back down a little bit. I think classically, and you know, it's not just. You know, it was like, oh, micro got so hit by the cities, which we did. But like, even look at Uber and Lyft business models. I mean, these companies have come down in market cap by, you know, almost orders of magnitude, right? Um, huge drawdowns because of, um, you know, regulations. And I think in many ways that they did, they took a bigger stick to the, the micro guys because they're the newer guys. You know, you beat up the little kid on the playground. And I think we were the little kid and we got beat up bad by uh, overregulation. I think that regulation has to soften for all the reasons that we know, right? These are good solutions. These are climate forward solutions. Um, the fact that we're literally bankrupting these companies makes absolutely no sense. I think we felt a little bit of that in our conference, right? Um, you know, the mayors of uh, both New York City and Oakland, I think, had a lighter had a lighter tone than I've heard in the past. And so I'm, I'm bullish on the shared space. I think it's a solution that needs to be there. I think the cities need to calm down a little bit. And um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're, think shared it. But uh, the, the last thing I'll say there is, uh, this goes back to what we talked about in 2019. It's just... You know, if I, if I were to compare, compare it to the Apple ecosystem, I think shared is like the iCloud service that you have. It sort of sits in the background. You know, you use it once in a while, but it's not the core object that you really love, like the, the hardware products of Apple, right? Those are your own, those are your own yeah. beautiful products that you have that like, sit, you know, if you're in America, sit in your garage. If you're in a, a five-story walk-up, sit at the bottom, maybe locked up. I, I just think that's the case for shared. Shared is not the center. Shared is uh, on the periphery. No, shared is the shared is the internet cafes of our era. Trust, just uh, yep. Yeah, well, wonderful, wonderful way to say. It. Yeah, you said it. Better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's that's how I feel on shared. I mean, on the on the own model, I, I think the biggest challenge is just getting people to touch them. I think you know every every person I've ever put on an electric vehicle absolutely loves it, and it's just amazing to think. And again, just to, to tease a little bit of Horace, I know you're going to talk to him. You know, but Horace's total addressable market at 5 billion people is sometimes just hard to get your head around. And the idea that we simply can't put 5 billion people in cars around the world is just a very true and, um, you know, sort of principles of physics problem that we have. Um, and so the ability to get these people to touch them and to get them to touch them more so that supply chains can become unconstrained, more demand can create lower costs. That's all happening in a beautiful way. Um, on the subscription side, I just think there's also obviously, and again, just to, to, to heed to Apple here, um, you know, I'm, I'm ultimately on Apple subscription services for their hardware, right? I don't, I don't think twice about it anymore, right? I, I think, you know, in mobility, there's probably a little less than that, but um, at the prices that we're at, at the type of uh, wallet share that mobility can command, I don't think it's radical to think we're going to pay, you know, twelve to eighteen hundred dollars a year to make sure that we have the latest and greatest vehicle as a trade-in model or anything that can gather scale like that. We haven't really seen that yet. I think that's a big one. I would absolutely pay for the newest Rad Cargo, for instance, right? My old one, you know, it just gets gunky and, you know, full of sand or whatever. Um, I take, you know, I have three kids now that I take on that thing. Like um, it wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about uh, what that might cost to annually upgrade that vehicle. Yeah. And again, compared to my yep. friends. Because they don't even do, like Rad doesn't even do subs, right? Rad doesn't do subs, uh, although they're they're teasing it now in, in in Europe. I think actually in the yeah. Mike Miller newsletter, I actually had a, a yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah. Uh, but no, not in any 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 sort of way that again I'm I'm comparing my red to my friends with a you know 
with a, the, the, you know, a, a Range Rover, right? I mean, the, the cost just, I can, I can, I have so much flexibility in terms of what I'd be willing to pay if the service would apply to that. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are getting their heads around that wall street journal pointed this out, right. People literally trading in their F-150 for, for cargo bikes. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that can potentially unlock a lot of really interesting subscription models and allow you Totally. I'm really excited. Um, I'm, we've got uh, Dan from Lug and Carry who's, who's building a, uh, like a subscription business similar to we if you if any, any listeners here remember we uh we've got another one coming uh which is going to be a phenomenal episode uh from lug and care who are based down in australia who, who are really i think really kind of leading the way on what a sub business can look like for for like you know micro mobility in that space right like i think it i think it looks and makes it it makes a lot of sense for a, a eight or ten thousand dollar vehicle to be on sub, on subscription Yes. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for those things. And I also just, and we got to give these companies credit, right? Like we have been under a global supply chain crisis now for quite a few years, right? Uh, small electric vehicles re- rely heavily on the global supply, supply chain. They also re- rely on container and shipping rates, right? That are now finally coming down, right? It actually looks like we have deflationary costs now in shipping containers, maybe going below pre-COVID levels. What is the opportunity going to look like when these parts actually become available when these costs come down. Like imagine the, you know, the business model, some of these entrepreneurs are going to think up. It's uh, it's super fascinating, even as we come out of an explosion of demand, which is great. But, you know, we know we've been supply constrained. We know these guys aren't being as creative as they could be. And, um, you know, that, that's, that, that ideally is unlocked, you know, over the coming years. Totally. And what's the stuff like that you get excited about with micro industries beyond, you know, ride, ride review, the conferences, what we're doing with the podcasts, media, that sort of thing. Like, where, where, like, what do you want to see? Well, I get excited about all that stuff, right? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, ride review. I think is a tremendous amount of 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 what I would call leverage in a media business, right? Allowing us to really catapult, ideally, an entirely different area of uh, of creation of media, of building of audiences that have never touched us and, and, and don't ever need to understand what micro mobility industries is but us still serving that core customer that we have at micro. I think the mission of micro mobility industries was always to serve the entrepreneur, serve the founder, to serve the dreamer, right? The, you know, the homebrew computing club of like people that were out there taking on the mighty vehicle, you know, the SUV, the car, the big auto guys, and trying to build something different, even as like everything was going against them, right? Cars are getting bigger, streets, street space is getting smaller. Um, and yet these people are out there trying to build companies that like are trying to create urban freedom, create urban mobility. So I think our, at our core, we're still trying to do that. And ride review allows us like the ability to basically just try to accelerate that. And I think that's what we always, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's what you always want to find in your business is like, where's the leverage? How can I basically take that leverage as much as, well, what, where's the leverage? Where's the constraints, right? For the constraints, it's like, how do we, how do we take the constraints out as much as possible so we can ride, drive as efficiently as possible? And then where's the leverage so we can sort of step on the gas? And I think with Ride Review, that's the first example where we've really been able to break out. And again, I feel incredibly honored to work with, with all you guys. And we have this like fluid team that can come together and perform. And now we consistently can build these, these other business models that kind of run on more of a day-to-day basis and you know i think that's where we'll that's where we'll go we're not we're not pioneers in the space right we we curate the space we can categorize it but we really got to watch what does the entrepreneur need and then you know again where can we take the constraints away for them and where can we create leverage to serve them more and more so i think that's what will always be our our north star yeah epic um the one final thing that i, I i'm like 
I think we need to do racing. We've got the e-scooter. We've got the e-scooter. Like Horace has always been on about it. He's like, you know, yeah. Formula One. It, it it drove. It drives the space forward. Racing drives the space forward. We've got the e-scooter racing league. I mean, like, I'm very excited about what they're doing. I can't wait to like get to do more stuff with them. But it is. It's it's like, what is the other stuff that looks like on the other side of this? You know, like what yeah. that and and then and then the Top Gear style, uh, like entertainment in the space as well. I think um, this is all all stuff that I'm very excited about. I think that the opportunity space is incredibly large for us. So awesome! Hey, look, I really appreciate your time, James. This has been a phenomenal chat and great to great to sort of pick your brain a little bit on on uh, what you've been building and and obviously yeah huge amount of respect for you and uh what you what we're all building together so uh, thank you thank you for your contribution to the space for pulling us together for being our champion and and uh and shepherd through some of this stuff yeah absolutely well you know means a lot for you to say that oliver and thank you i mean i, I kind of call you the voice of micromobility sometimes uh, clearly you're more than that but i really appreciate everything you've done for for the industry as well and to, to all the listeners i mean so cool to see how many people have now downloaded your podcast and continue to so Thanks for listening. Not at all. Cool.